Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Uh, this is episode 70 of the Canadians Connection Podcast. We made it to 70 episodes. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined in studio. Uh, by Rick Stevens on this Greg Stewart edition of the Canadians Connection podcast. How are you doing today, Rick? I'm doing great. Um, and Greg Stewart was um, yeah. Did, did did people remember Greg Stewart back um, <laughs> say 2008, 2010 thereabouts? Played yeah. some games with the Canadians. Played some uh, a lot with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, um, a tough customer, as as some would say. Yeah. Um, and Greg Stewart, I remember uh, particularly because once he left uh, the, the Canadians franchise, he went over to play in Ireland. Um, oh, wow. And played, yeah, uh, about 2012 or thereabouts, played for the Belfast Giants. And yeah. um, they were so happy to get him that I remember doing an interview for um, an Irish newspaper. I wish I could remember. I, I, I was on Irish radio for the first time in my life. Uh, doing a radio and yeah they they <laughs> loved him they they loved yeah. especially his his fight feistiness and and um and speaking of feisty and speaking of mm-hmm. Belfast the Belfast Giants you're a big follower of the Belfast yeah. Giants aren't you <laughs> I have been following the Belfast Giants a little bit more closely than I have in previous years because of because, one Bobby Farnham <laughs> exactly Bobby yep. Farnham this year uh, kind of take taking over that that Greg Stewart yeah. role, maybe a little bit more skilled uh, uh, yeah. than Greg ever was, but Bobby Farnham with uh, 13 goals, 14 assists in 27 games, or tw- 27 points in 40 games uh, for the Belfast Giants this year. So, um, and and we all love Bobby Farnham, especially oh man uh, yourselves. So um, <laughs> it's a, it's a perfect way to start a very busy yeah. podcast today. Yeah. If if there's a transition from Greg Stewart to Bobby Farnham, we have to make that transition. And uh, That's right. and yeah, Bobby Farnham, fantastic. And I'm sure they love the speed, the intensity with which he plays the game. So uh, yeah, got to get a Bobby Farnham mention in there if we can. But yes, Rick, you are correct in saying that we have got a jam-packed show here today. And it just got a little bit more jam-packed before we started just about what half an hour ago 45 minutes I don't know what it was Ryan Paling uh, sent down from the Montreal Canadiens to the Laval Rocket we're going to touch on that in just a little bit Um, but before we get there before we get to the Laval Rocket and Ryan Ryan Paling being sent back down we'll start with the games that we saw this week and it was a busy week for the Montreal Canadiens and then making up lost time after the bye week and the all-star break the Canadians got right back into the swing of things. And of course, last week we were on the air just an hour earlier because of the Super Bowl matinees, the Super Bowl weekend, back-to-back Saturday-Sunday games that the Montreal Canadiens have played over the last uh, number of years. And uh, so they started off with a 4 nothing win 
over the Florida Panthers. Carey Price overtaking uh, Ken Dryden for third all-time in shutouts for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, only George Hainsworth and Jacques Plante are still ahead of Carey Price in that category. So they win that game 4 to nothing on the Saturday. Jeff Petrie picks up four assists. Uh, then they get Columbus on Super Bowl Sunday. And Carey Price played both halves of the back-to-back. Um, and in this one, unfortunately, they do come up short 4-3. to three. Uh, They did make it interesting with a Domi goal in the third that brought them within one. Gustav Nyqvist potted the empty netter. Shea Weber added one to make it a little bit closer. It was four to three. It was the four to three final, uh, and uh, Montreal did lose that one, but they rebounded pretty well with back-to-back wins. Uh, they went down to New Jersey. Ilya Kovalchuk played the part of the villain effectively, <laughs> uh, scoring the shootout winner in uh, and uh, nice save from Charlie Lindgren as well uh, on Jack Hughes to seal the victory. And then they wrapped it all up with an OT win over the Anaheim Ducks. Carey Price with the phenomenal pad stack in the third period on Jakob Silverberg. And then uh, Jeff Petrie scoring the game winner in OT. And uh, it's, it's been, yeah, the, quite the week for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, some, some great goaltending from Carey Price. A nice win from Charlie Lindgren. Uh, the the one blip, of course, being the the loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets, but a three and one week for the Canadians, and they've won eight out of their last eleven games. So I mean, it's it's kind of they're giving themselves somewhat of a chance. It's however slim it is, there's still that little bit of hope that they are clinging on to. But uh, reality is is not a very kind thing, is it, Rick? <laughs> well, we said that they're going to have to be the rest of the way. They're going to have to be around uh, winning percentage that is of seven twenty five, seven thirty, and and you know we're kind of skeptical because who has done that? Uh, I yeah. mean, any team uh, this season, um, but. In winning eight of eleven, that is that is a winning percentage of seven twenty seven. So okay, right on yeah. track, right? That's kind of what they have to do. And and but but the thing is, um, this can't be this can't be the anomaly. Uh, this has to be this has to be the way they play for the rest of the season. So if if they they've gone eight of eleven, now they're going to have to do it again. They're going to have to win yeah. another eight of eleven. And then they're going to have to do it again, win another eight eleven of uh, eleven, and then they'll have to do half that much. Yeah. So, two and a half times uh, the eight of eleven uh, rest of the season, uh, they have to win. You know, say what twenty of twenty six. Um, yeah. Uh, the rest of the way, uh, in order to be because. Uh, you know they they've won eight of eleven, but um, haven't really moved up the uh, the standings that much. They're still twenty first overall, uh, yeah. even after doing that. Um, you know, moving up a, a place or two. Um, and if you look at their their point projections right now, they're around the, a point projection of eighty eight, eighty nine. Uh, that's not going to get it done. So. Um, the athletic has uh, the athletics actually a little more generous, a little more positive in their uh, playoff projections. They give the Canadians now an eight percent chance. I know that's oh, wow. not, that's that's not great. <laughs> um, 
sports club uh, stats is a little bit more um, uh, dubious. They have them at a 3.6% chance. Uh, so uh, it's, 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 um, is it over uh, officially? No, uh, but I think that, that the writing's on the wall. So uh, to guide Mark Bergevin in the way he um, acts and prepares and, and uh, performs leading up to the trade deadline, I think uh, uh, it's pretty clear he has to be quite active, but the players have done what they've had to do to kind of remain in the conversation and, and, um, and give um, some fans hope, although, you know, there's, uh, as we'll talk about later, there's some attendance issues at the Bell Center, right? Yeah. These days. <laughs> <laughs> there certainly are. We're, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But, yeah, it's the, the road ahead is not easy. And when that is the case, it's sometimes on the general manager to say, all right, well, you know what? It's been a, it's been a good run. We, we, put a, we gave ourselves an opportunity after losing eight consecutive games twice in the same season. We won eight out of 11, but then there's always that, you know what, the reality is just that this is not something that is likely to happen. And when you're dealing with probabilities and whatever is most likely to happen, sometimes you have to be a little bit proactive and and do something uh, before the writing has officially been, you know, before they're officially eliminated, before the writing's on the wall. Sometimes it's, it's, it's all right to make a decision before that time happens, but one thing that has kept the Montreal Canadiens afloat, and this is something that you cannot deny, is goaltending. And that has been the case for, what, five years? <laughs> that has been the case for as long as Montreal has had Carey Price, essentially. And Price has had a fantastic uh, week, obviously passing Ken Dryden, as I said, for third all-time in shutouts. But dating back to that January 11th game against the Ottawa Senators, where the Canadians started this stretch of winning eight of 11 games, Carey Price has gone seven and two with two shutouts. So Carey Price has done just about all that he can to will this team to some victories and try to make a difference in the standings. Unfortunately, the, the second half of that hasn't followed through. The, the wins haven't translated to them leapfrogging any team significantly, but Carey Price, I mean, what more can you say about Carey Price uh, since the calendar has slipped to 2020? Um, he's, he's had uh, marvelous success as, uh, in, in 2020. His uh, save percentage since January 1st is 937. Um, but I think that too much has been made um, about his start to the season, um, because yeah. if you look at it objectively, it's not been bad either. I, and I mean, when I say not bad, uh, it's it's actually been very good. If you go, okay, so save percentage since January 1st, 937, unreal. That's fabulous. If you look at his cumulative save percentage since December 1st, 924. That's exactly where you expect Carey Price to be. Um, and so uh, he's, um, you know, he, uh, was, he started off um, 9-14 um, in October, a good start to the season. Uh, had a 6-3 and three record uh, to, to, in 10 games to start the season. November is, was the, the uh, month where his um, uh, numbers took a hit, and, and the Canadians... Um, 
played terribly. They were just awful in front of him. Yeah. Um, and and so that was tough. But uh, since then, um, you know, it's his, his numbers are, and I know we're just a, a, a few uh, games into February, but he's a 9.46 save percentage in in February. Um, he's been um, outstanding, um, and and as we said, uh, kind of a a monthly winner of the Molson Cup. And and even yeah. if we look back this week, he he's had he had two really strong games. Um, one with the shutout that you mentioned, and uh, and neither game did he get a, a star, which which is typical for for the Montreal media. But but uh, you know, Carey Price is is certainly doing all that he can do uh, to as he's always done to keep um, his team afloat while um, being at the top of the league in terms of starts and minutes played and, and uh, shots and saves and, and uh, his workload uh, has been incredible, which, you know, we heard right through uh, the start of the, from, well, not the start of the season from the summer when Keith Kincaid was uh, signed that this year was going to be different. This was the year that they were going to give uh, Carey Price some relief. This was the year that the backup was going to start 25 to 30 games uh, and, and reduce him from his, uh, I think last year was around 65, 66 starts. Um, and it looks like um, unless he gets a lot of rest between now and the end of the season, that he's going to be up around that number again this year. Yeah. And, and that was something that we had talked about at the beginning of this season, the workload for Carey Price that when Keith Kincaid was signed, that was the guy that people pointed to and said, you know what, this is a guy that's going to be able to take 20 games off of the workload of Carey Price and give him some valuable rest. That did not come to fruition. So what happens? Well, when you go and play in New Jersey, when Carey Price is dealing with the flu, and obviously at this point in the season, it seems like Carey Price is, after playing both, both halves of the back-to-back, if Carey Price had been right, you would have to have imagined he would have played in that game in New Jersey but he doesn't. So they go to Charlie Lindgren and Charlie Lindgren played a hell of a game in New Jersey. He allowed a goal that he himself said maybe wasn't the best goal that he ever allowed on miles wood, but that's a goalie that hasn't played in about three weeks. He's rusty. So you, you give him a pass on that, but then he makes two huge saves on Nikita Gusev and Blake Coleman. I mean, this was a guy who just battled and I tweeted as much. I said that since 2016, when I started following Charlie Lindgren in his professional career with the St. John's Icecaps, that's been a guy who's just battled. Anytime that he, he gives up a goal that he doesn't like, you'll know because he is going, as Amy Johnson said, he will be a man possessed between the pipes. And he made some huge saves against uh, Nikita Gusev, like I said, Blake Coleman, and then Jack Hughes to seal the victory in the shootout. And the one thing that I saw on Twitter was a lot of complaining about the first goal and a lot of complaining about the third goal, which was Jesper Bratt fanning on a shot. And it just, he had, he, he cashed in his luck ticket and he managed to get it by Charlie Lindgren. It, Charlie was in the right position. He was where he should have been. If it had been a regular shot, it wasn't. And unfortunately it went behind him into the back of the net. But regardless, I think we need to start to have a conversation about what a reasonable expectation is 
for Charlie Lindgren because some of the replies I got to that tweet, oh, you know, we're, we're facetious, we're sarcastic. Oh, he's a battler. That's great. How about win some hockey games? And, you know, I think you have to be realistic about what your expectations are for a backup goaltender. The backup goaltender should just be a guy that you put in the net and he gives you an opportunity to win. That is the one thing that a backup goaltender should do. That is the one thing that Keith Kincaid was unable to do. If Charlie Lindgren can do that by making those big saves against Nikita Gusev, like I said, Blake Coleman, then he's doing his job. He is doing his job. And the Montreal Canadiens got out of there with a win. So Charlie Lindgren did exactly what he was supposed to do. And unfortunately, there are people that were, you know, that, that, that didn't believe so. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Charlie Lindgren to gain the respect of this fan base because it was clear to start the season that Charlie really didn't have the respect of the organization when they went out and they signed Keith Kincaid and they didn't, and they showed that they didn't believe that he was the guy that could back up Carey Price. And unfortunately now we're in the position that we're in where Keith Kincaid is down in the AHL and Charlie Lindgren, I mean, after not playing for about three weeks has to go in and, and, and get a spot start where Carey Price is uh, dealing with the flu. So it, it was, it was a great effort on his part to just get that win. It, you know, this was so uh, so easily predictable, uh, and we talked about it in the summer. We talked about it at the start of the season. We 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 knew how this was going to play out before it played out, and it did. Uh, and it couldn't have this whole uh, goaltending mess uh, by the Montreal Canadiens. And I'm talking about the organization, not just the team, because that includes. Um, Laval and uh, and it includes Caden Primo. Caden Primo should have never uh, even be considered for a call up um, for the uh, at least give him two seasons uninterrupted, solid, um, and not mess with his mind. He I, the quote he had is, "Gee, that carrot was dangled," and now I think about that all the time. Um, those games that he had, that's not good. That's not good for his development. Um, and he's, he's, you know, I know people don't watch uh, the Laval Rocket and pay as close attention, but he's, he's had his struggles, had his good games, but he's, he's had his struggles and that's, that's normal. That's absolutely normal. No criticism of a Primo, but, um, but it's, it's not been good. It wasn't good for his development to be called up. Uh, when he was um, and 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 placed extra expectations uh, on him wasn't good for um, Charlie Lindgren, uh, as you said. His uh, the organ it's 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 a good thing he he is such a um, focused, smart, uh, competitive uh, young man because um, that has taken his his inner strength has taken him through this. Uh, it hasn't been anything that the Canadians have done for him or given him. Uh, he's, he's earned everything on his own. And, and listen, um, for those fans, I, I, again, um, there's, there's no rationality in uh, the criticism of, of Charlie Lindgren uh, saying, why don't you win a game for a change? Um, going into, he's only had four starts this season, yeah. which is tough. There's, there's been, um, uh, a l- good length of time between starts. Um, and the first three starts that he had, um, he played well, but um, 
in fact, that Carolina game, he was outstanding. Um, he was on on New Year's Eve. Um, but the first three games uh, that he 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 started uh, for the Canadians this season, um, the Canadians had five goals, run support of five goals in three games uh, for him. So teams are not going to be winning that many games, no matter what the goalie's doing, if you're only scoring uh, five goals in three games. Now he did finally get some run support against New Jersey. And um, yeah, he, listen, he, he said uh, after the game, um, he wasn't happy, but, but yeah, he just, he missed his angle. And that's because um, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't as sharp as he usually is. Uh, but once he gave that gave up that goal, he was bound and determined that, um, you know, there was it, he was going to play hard the rest of the game. And he did. He made three outstanding, including two kind of uh, tell, 10 bell saves in the first period alone um, against New Jersey. They have some snipers, um, as you said, that, um, you know, even when you go into to the uh, the shootout. Um, you have Kovalchuk uh, scoring the, the, the game-deciding goal, but if not for uh, Lindgren, he stoned all three of the New Jersey shooters, and uh, they're all very skilled, talented players. Nikita Gusev, Kyle Palmieri. Kyle Palmieri had scored twice on the power play um, in, in the game already. Kyle Palmieri was the second shooter, and then Jack Hughes... Um, the number one pick overall um, going out for the, and, and, and made the big save. Um, so Lindgren has been everything you, you wanted and, and um, you know, wow, how things would, uh, could have been different um, had he been and for the organization and the way the, the goaltending um, uh, pecking order has, has lined up, how it could have been so much better. Uh, had Lindgren been the uh, backup right right from the very uh, start of the season. And, I mean, yeah, we've seen Michael McNiven now back up with the Laval Rocket, which is great. And uh, Keith Kincaid is obviously still down there and um, doesn't seem overjoyed to be in Laval in the AHL. So, it's, it, yeah, I think if those things pan out differently, if you just say off the bat that Charlie Lindgren is your guy, then you have Caden Primo and you have – Michael McNiven down in Laval and those are your guys that you go forward with and you try to develop because obviously those are guys that are still in in the developmental period of their careers so those those are two important guys going forward Um, and it it was it was kind of interesting because um, uh, I don't think we're speaking out of school uh, here that that the Devils had uh, a goaltending issue earlier in the season Um, they considered Charlie Lindgren that uh, they ended up with Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue was in net that night um, uh, for uh, New Jersey, but Charlie Lindgren was the one who got uh, the win. Um, that, that I, you know, Charlie Lindgren may not be aware of any of this, but it was a, a fact not lost on, on many of us who follow, um, follow this very closely. Uh, Keith Kincaid is getting very frustrated and, and there was an outburst, um, this past week at uh, uh, the rocket practice, um, he had a very long animated uh, conversation after practice with head coach Joel Bouchard, went on for 30, 40 minutes 
and continued as they, they left the ice and, and went into uh, the dressing room. He's frustrated. He's not happy. He didn't sign yeah. here to be, um, you know, a backup um, in, uh, in the AHL um, and is being paid handsomely. You remember we, we said, wow. And there was a lot of people around the hockey world said, for Kincaid, uh, 1.75 million. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and the interesting thing was, um, yes, with Carey Price having the flu, Primo came up um, as the backup uh, temporarily, then went back down. But at uh, when when um, uh, Kincaid was, uh, and and that meant that that uh, Michael McNiven had to be recalled from the ECHL to fill in, uh, in Laval. But when the time came for, um, uh, the Laval game this week, it was not, uh, Keith Kincaid who played, but Michael McNiven, um, which did it have anything to do with, with, uh, Kincaid's outburst? Um, I don't know, but that couldn't have made him uh, very happy either. Uh, as far as as Michael McNiven, he he played very well, got the win, um, and um, he's in a bit of a jackpot as well because we know he's been shuffled around with the Canadians not having an ECHL affiliate. He was on his third team, and that third team um, uh, filled the hole behind him uh, when when McNiven got called up. So uh, you know it's it's unlikely. He's going to be returning there, and is current, there's a currently a, a three goal, three goalie uh, situation um, in Laval, and and uh, that's not going to make anybody that's not going to make <laughs> anybody happy um, as Laval goes on a, a five game road trip. So um, the the goalie situation and it's 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 difficult because it's it should be given the talent. Uh, it should be an area of strength for the Montreal Canadiens, and it's been a bit of a mess just because of the way it's been handled this season. Yeah, and it's certainly something to monitor moving forward, especially with those with those three goaltenders in Laval. Um, moving on, so there was the member of the Athletic Player Poll that we discussed a couple of weeks ago. Well, now they've moved on with the Player Agent Poll. And it had some rather interesting things. Uh, of course, it was talking about a variety of different subjects, the most reasonable GM. Um, and there was also the most unreasonable GM. And uh, Mark Bergevin picked up a vote for the most unreasonable GM. And uh, the, the context to that, the uh, quote that was attached afterwards was, uh, he got his back up in literally every conversation. Berg, stand down. It's just a conversation. <laughs> so there was that one. And then there was also uh, the no trade cities, the, the, the cities that were most likely to pop up in a no trade clause. And Montreal got two votes for that one. And it was because of taxes. It's pretty bad. Um, and of course, uh, as you might imagine, Canada kind of gets a bit of a rough ride in this one uh, with Winnipeg and Ottawa being sort of the runaway. Uh, those are the ones that are focused on sort of the most because, uh, you know, uh, for whatever reason, people don't want to play in, in Winnipeg because it's cold and Ottawa for a variety of other reasons. Um, <laughs> so, Rick, what did you think about the player agent poll specifically, the comments regarding Mark Bergevin and, uh, of course, uh, the no trade cities as well? 
fascinating. It, it, the, I, yeah. I always like these insights. Um, and the, the player agent poll was a, uh, a good addition. I, I thought that, you know, that, that the one about which city is, um, is on a, a, a client's no trade clause. I found that the most fascinating because we hear that the reason, uh, you know, Oh, poor Mark Bergevin. Poor Mark Bergevin. Nobody wants to come to to Montreal, and <laughs> and they'll go anywhere else. They'll go anywhere else. But and he's the only GM that's so handcuffed uh, by players not wanting to come to Montreal. And um, that poll, according to agents, is nonsense. It's uh, th- that statement um, is yeah. is is. I mean. The Canadians are on that list, um, but uh, well down the list. Um, yeah. Winnipeg with 12 mentions, Ottawa with 11, Edmonton with seven, Buffalo with four, Columbus, and then the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so it's, it's um, if you think that, that if you're feeling sorry for um, Mark Bergevin, you be, better be really feeling sorry for Kevin Dayoff. How does he do it? Um, yeah, I I I I thought that that was that was really fascinating. And yes, for the Canadians, uh, taxes are a big issue, and it was acknowledged there. And and you know, there's other factors too, like like uh, language considerations for the family, like um, uh, the 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 hostile media and 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 whatnot. But other other teams are dealing with this too. And and we heard even uh, Jeff Molson. You know, he keeps being asked this question. Will you please take to the um, uh, governor's meetings uh, some sort of proposal uh, to um, adjust the salary cap according to the taxes you have to pay? Well, what's what's (laughs) what's what's the Winnipeg Jets? They're supposed to go to the NHL governor's meeting and say, could you please adjust uh, the salary cap according to uh, the temperature uh, the average temperature in the winter. I mean, some of these some of these proposals are ludicrous. Uh, yeah. Every market has has a difficulty, and I would just say stop, just stop uh, giving these excuses to Mark Bergevin. Um, he each GM has to deal with their their local issues, and it's up to Mark Bergevin to effectively navigate that or get somebody else who can. Um, I the other part of it um there was there was one question um where Mark Bergevin had a mention and that was uh about whether um the agents expect there to be an offer sheet next summer um and basically the, it was almost unanimous no it's not going to happen and part of the reason was because Montreal botched it so badly <laughs> um, last last year, essentially, I, I'm I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. paraphrasing. But yeah, that was that was just about it. So, um, so one of the reasons why Ottawa was where they were was because of some other non hockey related things, such as their owner, um, the Montreal Canadiens owner Jeff Molson, as you just mentioned uh, just a couple moments ago. Uh, he continued his his ongoing feud with members of the Montreal media. And this time it was Francois Gagnon who drew the ire of the Canadian's owner. Um, so he basically said he was curious to see how many 
Toronto Maple Leafs jerseys would be in the crowd tonight at the Bell Center. And uh, Jeff Molson uh, wasn't he wasn't very happy with that. He uh, he came back <laughs> to Francois and he said, "Well, you know what? I'm excited to see the Never Say Die Montreal Canadiens resiliency, yada yada yada." Um, <laughs> so I mean, this is kind of what this is part three now of him going after members of the Montreal media. So uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, um, he went after Stu Cowan uh, about about uh, recycling practices. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I like Francois Gagnon. I like him a, mm-hmm. a, a lot. He's, he's one of the more, um, you know, some of, some of them are kind of uh, say some crazy things. Francois is very level headed and, and always gives a measured opinion. And basically what he was saying was, listen, um, I've noticed everybody's noticed um attendance is falling falling at the bell center that's going to free yeah. up some seats for Toronto Maple Leafs and and rather than just leave it alone or or deal with it directly um uh Jeff Molson has to go in kind of sideways and say oh yeah well i appreciate our spirit and our you know work <laughs> ethic and, i mean it, it was a dumb con- it was really dumb yeah but yeah. but but more than dumb, it was it's Jeff Molson is is trying to stifle and intimidate uh, the yeah. media, stifle any criticism. And that that is wrong. That is dangerous that he has no business. That's just completely unprofessional mm-hmm. on behalf of an owner to do that. And um you know, you, you when when um, the Canadians have problems. Uh, it's up to Jeff Molson and the people that he's hired to solve those problems. It's not up uh, to him to silence um, uh, criticism. That's, uh, that's, you know, the censorship and that's, that's getting into dangerous territory. So uh, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that to see if it continues. Yeah, for sure. And um, going forward, I mean, as we just talked about with, Laval Rocket with the three goaltenders. Just wanted to, obviously, we mentioned off the top, Ryan Paling sent back down to Laval. Yasperi uh, Kotkaniemi has been down there for a week now. He's picked up four assists. He's, he's off to a really nice start in his time in, in Laval. Um, so, I mean, the Canadians recalled Jake Evans as well and Xavier Ouellette. Um So they're in a position now where you have Ryan Paling and Yasperi Kotkaniemi down in Laval. You have Charles Houdon, who is, uh, you know, scoring some goals, and that's that's a nice thing to see. Um, so what have you made of Jesperi Kakiemi in, in his first week as a member of the Laval Rocket? It was, let's say it was a shock. It was an utter shock. Yeah. And I've seen kind of two interpretations um, of his, um, it was it was my favorite game of the uh, the season comment. Um and I don't, you know, was he having fun? Absolutely not. Um, you know, was he um, uh, being sarcastic? Well, I I think he was maybe, you know, shot across the bow kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or being, a, you know, um, uh, it's, it's tough. Um, he went in uh, to uh, the Bell Center last Saturday maybe not expecting to play, but went in early to skate. Um, and, you know, his 
the rug was taken out from under him and saying, you know, without any kind of warning, um, we're, we're demoting you to the AHL and you're playing tonight. Um, and pack up your things and, and get going. And he hadn't played, um, hadn't skated. And uh, so he and his dad went to an outdoor community rink um, and his dad put him through some drills. And then the Montreal media, the way, uh, my goodness, um, I won't say who it was, but um, started saying um, that, that they were very concerned about the influence that Kakanyami's father was having. And that, um, oh, I, I see this turning out much like Galchenyuk did. Uh, Galchenyuk's dad had too much influence and, and uh, had him not listening to his coaches. And uh, his dad taking uh, to him, him to prepare at an outdoor rink uh, might be cute, but it's very, very concerning. This is a very troubling result. And I thought, my goodness, you people. Um, yeah. his, his life was taken out from under him. He didn't expect this. He, he, at that very young age, did the responsible thing and said, you know, I've got to skate before tonight. I've got to prepare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the organization offered him nothing. Reminded me exactly of Michael McNiven uh, when he was phoning around looking for ice time for himself. Um, and, and he gets, um, he gets uh, criticized for that. And people are saying, you know, his dad getting involved, rakes of trouble here. Uh, th- this is, this is silly. I've, I, he wasn't happy, uh, but he's, he's taken it well. Um, yeah. He's, he's, you know, playing uh, and contributing. Um, and I, you know, I wish him uh, all the best down there, but, but, the, the, it's the comments w- when Palin goes down, when um, Flurry goes down, um, Kakinemi. People, uh, I see it all the time. Play top line minutes, dominate at the AHL level, play in every situation. That's not happening. If you're paying attention, yeah. it's not happening. Is this good for his development? No. The best for his development would have been listening to what we said at the beginning of last season, sending him to Finland. Um, and letting him mature there and, and bring him in this season. But as you said, yeah, as you said last but, week, it's what Zach Koivu said would have been best for him as well. That's right. Yeah. So moving on from the AHL down to the ECHL, um, the Montreal Canadiens um, and well, Dean McDonald's continued pursuit to bring an ECHL franchise to Trois-Rivières, which would be an affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens organization. Uh, you touched on it on the latest episode of From the Press Box, but what is the latest as far as that is uh, is concerned? It's funny because every few days there's a development in this. Yeah. This is such an <laughs> up and down and a roller coaster and drama and soap opera, and, and every couple of days something happens. And since, uh, please go back to uh, From the Press Box, our Tuesday episode, and, and uh, Amy Johnson and I talked about it, but uh, the latest is that since uh, our podcast, um, let me take a step back. Uh, back in December, uh, the the city of Trois-Rivières was looking for the brand new $53 million building, was looking for a tenant. And so they hired Marc-Andre Bergeron. Yes, Marc-Andre Bergeron, the, the 
um, Mab, a former uh, <laughs> Canadian, uh, to uh, to go out and find them a tenant and be their envoy, to to be their 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 guy that uh, that uh, uh, negotiated and and recruited a, a tenant. When everything fell apart um, in December, um, and and the, the city said Trois Rivières said no to uh, the Canadians because of the the mix up. Well, no, I don't know if mix up. The, I know it wasn't a misunderstanding either. It was it was two vice presidents uh, for the Montreal Canadiens giving conflicting information. And finally, the bottom line was uh, the Canadians said we don't want to be involved. So the mayor Jean Lamarche said, "Okay, um, uh, Canadians are out. Um, we're going to focus on on um, the, the university team, the Patriots." And at that time, said. Mark Andre, you've done a good job, but you're done. We, th- he was dismissed. Yeah. So since then, there's been all kinds of ups and downs. And uh, again, uh, Canadians reiterated, "We're out. We're not part of this. It's it's all that guy in St. John's, and of course, that's <laughs> Dean McDonald, um, who is the owner and who did a great job bringing the Growlers to." St. John's uh, and and that exciting um, Kelly Cup win, um, yeah, amazing, amazing job by Dean McDonald. Dean McDonald said, "Hmm, um, I'm going to hire you, Mark Andre Bergeron, to represent me." <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. So there was a meeting this past Tuesday. Who was who was doing the presentation? Mark Andre Bergeron. He was on the other side of the table. Um, he was, you know, the negotiator uh, for the city. Now, now he's representing uh, Dean McDonald. Canadians again. Uh, Paul Wilson. Uh, the communications said we got nothing to do with it. We're just an interested observer. Uh, so Mark Andre Bergeron made the presentation uh, on behalf of Dean McDonald. Um, and now it goes to full city council. We'll see what happens there. And then the plan is for Dean McDonald to negotiate with the Canadians to bring in uh, an ECHL franchise for the 20, mm, sorry, the 21, 22 season. Yeah. Um, I I, did, yeah. I, well, we'll, we'll see how it works out. We'll, we'll yeah. see how it works out. Um, but uh, it's, by next week, we'll have we'll we'll have more. But that Dean McDonald, and you know more about him than than I do. Uh, um, the being a St. John's uh, felt, uh, brilliant. Um, the way yeah. he's 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 been, um, you know, one obstacle after another after another put in his way, and he's um, he's used those to his advantage. I'm I'm um, in awe of what he's done so far. Yeah, he is. He is a brilliant man. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how how much further along this this goes, and uh, if he's got more obstacles placed in front of him, how he gets around them. And I think the uh, the yes, the usage of uh, Mark Andre Bergeron was a brilliant, brilliant move. As a wise man once said, "Oh, how the turntables." Um, so Rick, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here. When we come back, there's been the flu bug that has just completely <laughs> it's just gone through the Montreal Canadiens organization. There's been injuries. We're going to discuss all that after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, 
an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Um, so, Rick, the uh, nasty, nasty flu bug that has made its way through the Montreal Canadiens dressing room. Uh, it's affected the likes of Tomas Tatar, Ryan Paling, who was just sent down, who he was dealing with it on Thursday. As you said, uh, we were talking about before the show, uh, he had to leave the bench a couple of times. He was having so much difficulty with the, with the flu. Uh, Victor Meta played. This was from Eric Engels. Meta didn't have a meal from Monday to Friday. He was going on just fluids, and he managed to play that Thursday night against Anaheim. That is remarkable. Um, but he, they, they all skated this morning, Tatar, Paling, Meta, and Jordan Wheel. We obviously know Carey Price was dealing with it. It is, it has certainly been a, a story that has you know, been following the Montreal Canadiens over the last little bit, as well as the injuries that they have. They've also been dealing with this flu bug. Um, it's It's been a little bit of a rough go as it pertains to injuries. Uh, Shea Weber, unfortunately, he's injured with a lower body injury. He didn't play in that game against Anaheim, and he's going to be out at least a week. Um, and we're still awaiting the return of Jonathan Drouin as well. So, you know, after last season when you get the career years that you get out of, you know, the likes of Jeff Petrie, Andrew Shaw, Tomas Tatar – and you stay relatively healthy, with the exception of Shea Weber missing the first little bit of the first month and a bit of games. Uh, Andrew Shaw had some issues. So did Paul Byron. Um, I mean, the Montreal Canadiens have have completely, you know, 180'd in that sense. Where maybe it isn't the quality of injuries like you've got with Pittsburgh, where you're missing Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. But I mean, there's been a lot more of, of these sorts of nagging. Injuries. We've seen it with Gallagher, Armia, and and Jonathan Drouin, who might play tonight. Um, still not 
confirmed, though there has been some some talk about him playing uh, tonight. Um, it's it's been uh, it's been a different season, and it would have been hard to to see the Montreal Canadiens go relatively unscathed with the injury bug in back to back years. So, um, what what have you made of the flu and the injuries that we've seen? Well, it's it's, uh, it's interesting, and it's it's for me, it's it's always good to kind of uh, take a look back and kind of put everything in in context because when you're in it. Um, you know, every, everything seems like uh, it's a disaster. It's chaos. It's it's whatever yeah. it is. Um, and um, so at at the beginning, well, actually prior to the season, this was um, podcast episode uh, forty nine, September fourteenth, uh, two thousand nineteen. And the what we talked about was a dozen the most pressing questions about the Montreal Canadiens for twenty nineteen twenty. And one of our questions on there, and I'll read it off, will injuries impact the Canadians more this season than last? And last season, there was only 163 man games lost, eight, eighth fewest in the NHL. And, and we said, um, you can't, you know, uh, you can't count on it being um, as, as, as a healthy as, uh, as, as healthy uh, again, two seasons in a row, and it hasn't been. And right now, the Canadians uh, sit 12th, uh, so still middle of the pack, not a disaster. Yeah. Um, uh, they've lost 143 uh, man games to injury. Um, the the Leafs have lost, uh, uh, as far as Canadian teams, the Leafs, the Leafs uh, more man games lost. Ottawa, more man games lost. Vancouver, more man games lost. And Winnipeg, uh, as far as Canadian teams, uh, right at the top of the list with 224 man games lost. Um, when you're talking about the qual- the the impact as far as the players lost, the Can- Canadians are again middle of the pack. Um, you mentioned pit player, uh, teams like Pittsburgh and Columbus and um, Detroit, Buffalo uh, lost uh, significantly um, more impactful players. Uh, Sidney Crosby included. Um, so uh, when it when it comes to um, you know reasons for for the the um, the issues that the Canadians are having, I I'm reluctant to use uh, uh, injuries uh, and injuries include um, uh, illnesses as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm reluctant to do that, and and I I. I is uh, on that same that same podcast I was listening to of, of a mainstream media, and they said uh, the reason that that Max Domi has struggled so much this season has been because Jonathan Drouin's been out. Um, and I thought, oh my goodness! <laughs> so, so the argument is that Max Domi's only able to play with. Um, with one other player. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was one of the silliest things I'd ever heard. And, and of course, even when they were together, they, they had a very brief last year. It had a very brief uh, amount of success and then it all kind of fell apart and they were bad defensively together. And, and certainly uh, Arturi Lekkonen has been far more successful with Mac, Max Domi. Um, yeah. Nick Suzuki, when he was with uh, Domi, far far more impactful than Jonathan Duran. 
So I, I don't, I don't buy this whole injury thing. It's been kind of an average season uh, for the Canadians um, in that respect. Um, but the, the, the flu is, and, and the flu, let's, let's be honest, uh, that game in New Jersey, uh, the devils had several players out as well with flu. Um, yeah. I'm, I was, I'm told that the Canadians all had flu shots, but, uh, still the flu's made it through, uh, you know, Jordan wheel and everybody's, uh, kind of had a bout of it. Um, and that, uh, you know, Victor Meta, um, man, <laughs> his comment to, to Eric Engels was, uh, on, about Thursday's game against Anaheim. I was dying. Well, I was okay yeah. in the first, but I was dying <laughs> by the second period. Um, you know, these guys, these guys, some guys, um, will do anything to play. Uh, and, and certainly, as you said, with Ryan Paling, um, he, he was in the lineup, even though he had to make several trips, uh, to the, uh, dressing room in game. Um, and, uh, and unfortunately his reward for, for putting himself on the line uh, was, uh, a, a trip back to Lavelle. Um, yeah, but it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a tough business. Um, Shea Weber's going to be missed, but, but, uh, um, it's, it's probably best, as you said, injured in that, that New Jersey game, probably best for him to sit out. Um, and I think there's some kind of acknowledgement, uh, that the Canadians, um, may not be. Uh, although they're playing well, um, uh, the the writing's on the wall with respect to uh, playoffs. Yeah, and I mean it, it's just kind of at this point. I mean, to look at the way that Jonathan Drouin, because from what we know, Jonathan Drouin was cleared at the end of January, January 28th, practiced the 29th, and has been in regular practice sweaters ever since. Um, he has not returned. He might return tonight. Um, that's still not been 100% confirmed. It's, it's really, at this point, it's on him. That's what Claude Julien, that's what the organization is saying, is they are waiting for the word of Jonathan Drouin. And if he's dealing with some, some, still, some signs of pain, if the, there's still some pain there after the operation that he had, I mean, yes, obviously. Like you said with Shea Weber, sit down, make sure that you're 100%. But, I mean, in the case of this specific injury and this instance where Montreal could, you know, if, if everything breaks their way, which it probably won't, but if everything does break their way and they make the playoffs, having Jonathan Drouin come back and contribute to that would be a huge plus for the Montreal Canadiens, but we're still awaiting his return and, you know, it's, it's kind of – you look at maybe the contrast between Jonathan Drouin and Victor Mesa that we just pointed out when he was dealing with the flu. And even though Gallagher did return far too quickly in his first game back, in that, you know, the first time that he returned, and he had to sit out after that because of headaches, I mean, that is a guy that wants to come back and help his team. And I don't want to infer that Jonathan Drouin doesn't want to help his team but when the writing's on the wall the way that it is for the Montreal Canadiens, having that guy back would make a difference. And it would, it would be something of a positive that maybe gives the Montreal Canadiens some energy. And, you know, um, obviously you want to make sure that he's 100%. And if he doesn't believe that he is 100%, 
then it's, you know, ultimately it's on him to decide when he's ready to go. But they've said that he's been cleared since the end of January. So it's kind of getting to the point now where you just really want to see him come back and try to help out if he can. Especially when, you know, Thomas Tatar was, was, was really ill on Thursday night. Yeah. And he missed, missed practice on, on Friday. But um, this, this is such a, an odd, odd situation. Um, Jonathan Druan, uh, to back up and, and to put everything in, in perspective, had wrist surgery on November 18th. Yeah. At the time, uh, the recovery was supposed to be eight weeks. And there was some, uh, I remember at the time, Alan Walsh put out a different, his agent, the bizarre and weird um, <laughs> Alan Walsh, um, combative Alan Walsh, put out a, 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 a recovery time that was a little different. And Jeff Molson kind of responded with a different number. And uh, it was kind of odd then, but, but say eight weeks. Um, so, you know, people were kind of expecting a, a, a return mid January. Um, and, you know, you don't know how these things are, are going to um, heal. And, and, um, uh, but uh, Jonathan Duran started skating uh, at the beginning of January, and uh, let's remind people that it was a torn tendon in his in his left wrist that was surgically repaired. Uh, so he started skating in in the beginning of January, skated for three weeks, um, and then the doctors cleared him for contact uh, prior to practice on on Tuesday, January twenty eighth. That's ten days ago. Um, in that practice, and ever since, he's worn a regular jersey and taken, taken, you know, uh, no, no uh, limitations. Um, if you talk to Claude Julien, he, he said, and he quoted, um, Jonathan Drouin has had the green light to play for a long time. Um, and uh, Julian went on to say that, that, you know, the decision rests with the player. I can't force a guy to play if he's not comfortable. These are words that you don't normally hear. Um, you know, his, his surgery is healed. Uh, the doctor said he's, he's ready to go, but he's not comfortable. Uh, when they interviewed Jonathan Duran said, well, there are little things that still bother me. Um, I'm getting closer, but I don't know. I probably won't play um, Saturday, maybe next week. Now, um, then the, you know, he started getting criticism, particularly from the French media. Uh, and Mario Tremblay, um, Chris G was listening last night when Mario Tremblay was just ripping Jonathan Duran on 98.5 <laughs> FM, um, saying that, you know, it doesn't seem like he's interested in playing. Um, the Canadians, I thought it was, a an interesting move that on their, uh, on their own website, they put, uh, it as a feature story, um, that Jonathan Drouin was, uh, cleared to come back, but was having, um, kind of second thoughts about coming back. That seemed both, both, uh, Drouin, uh, both, uh, Julian speaking rather publicly, uh, about, uh, his player being uh, uh, cleared and them putting that seemed to be um, in a way pressuring Drew and um, I, I, I would be really surprised if he doesn't play tonight. I'd be really surprised. 
he's he's got uh, all kinds of pressure from the, the his coach, from the team, and from the French media now that um, uh, there's some expectations that he has to uh, get in the lineup, given that he's been ready for for ten days. Again, we we never want to see anyone come back too soon, um, and uh, with any kind of chance of them uh, being re-injured, we don't want to see that at all. But with all of uh, his teammates, um, just uh, you know, particularly with his flu illness, um, just doing anything to stay in the lineup, um, it's 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 kind of set up a, an interesting contrast between. Uh, what they'll do for the team and what Jonathan Duran apparently will or will not do for the team. Yeah, and certainly something to watch as we get toward uh, tonight's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, if you're going to make a return, no better return than Saturday night at the Bell Center against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so uh, we, we await the decision from Jonathan Duran as to whether or not he will play tonight. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to tee up that game as well as the Laval Rocket playing the Belleville Senators. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Hab fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, earlier in the show, um, just want to uh, apologize a little bit. We did have someone that called, and we were in the midst of having a lengthy discussion 
uh, we were not able to get to that caller. Um, but as we always point out at the end or at the beginning of every show, we have our text line, 5853-ROCKET. So if there's someone that would like to, uh, to share what they think about the current state of the Montreal Canadiens, you are always uh, able to send a, a text to our text line. And, of course, we always will do our best uh, if you call uh, 213-943-3754 to get you uh, on the air. Unfortunately, we could not do it in, th- in this instance. There was just so much uh, to talk about, but we do apologize to uh, to that person. And, uh, and, yes, hope that he texts on the text line. <laughs> No, norm, normally we we take uh, we take call. It's a live show. We yeah. take calls in yeah. the, the third segment, and we're we're happy to do that. And uh, uh, but we we have our text line as well five eight five three rocket, and we got we got text if we we have time. We do we do have some text with with comments yeah. with questions with all kinds of stuff. Listen, this this has been a, a jam packed episode, and uh, yeah, uh, I put you. <laughs> your your hands are on the wheel to guide us through all this, and I think you've done a masterful job uh, getting us through all the information that we had to get <laughs> through uh, today. And there's still a couple of other pieces of of information on uh, this. Uh, I want to say um, Happy Hockey Day in Canada. It's Hockey Day in Canada. Yeah, um, one of the best days of it, the year. It is, uh, and it just kind of coincides with. Uh, Another special day, and that's my dad's birthday. So happy birthday oh. to my dad uh, yeah. on ha- ha- Hockey Day in Canada. Hope he's having a good day. And uh, with the feature matchup, the marquee matchup tonight on Hockey Day in Canada, that being um, the Montreal Canadiens versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I believe if I saw it, if I'm correct in seeing what I saw earlier today on Twitter, it might, not have, it might have been yesterday, but I believe it was today. That would mean that your dad shares a birthday with Kirk Muller, the great Kirk Muller, associate yeah. uh, coach of the Montreal Canadiens. So that's great. That's nice. Uh, as I said last week, I share a birthday with Andy Reid, who won a Super Bowl. So that, uh, yeah, it all ties in. <laughs> but, uh, Did you have to mention that? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as you said, Habs, Leafs tonight, Hockey Day in Canada. When we go off the air, Winnipeg and and uh, and Ottawa are playing, so didn't check that game out. But Habs Leafs tonight, as you said, the marquee matchup. We are awaiting the confirmation as to whether or not Jonathan Drouin is played, and it could be, I mean, at at any real moment in time uh, over the next couple of hours, over the next hour or so, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's that's really the big sort of uh, story, I guess, heading into this game tonight, is whether or not he's going to be in the lineup, because obviously we know. Montreal Canadiens are heading in rather depleted without their captain. Um, you know, the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't going to feel bad for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, they've, they've had a rough go of it with injuries, but uh, Shea Weber not being in the lineup obviously hurts for a team, uh, for the Montreal Canadiens who are going to be uh, going up against a very high-powered offense, even even without uh, some, some key players this season. Uh, Toronto's been able to With a brand-new goalie. With a brand new goalie, one Jack Campbell, and uh, a little bit more sandpaper with Kyle Clifford as well. So, uh, I mean, hey, this is going to be an interesting matchup here on a, and this is, by the way, which is, I, I thought, very interesting. This is the third time the Montreal Canadiens are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. All three times, the Leafs have been on the second half of a back-to-back. So, this is, a, you know, very favorable scheduling for the Montreal Canadiens as it pertains to at least uh, their matchups with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a... a, a Real fun night, I guess, at, uh, at the Bell Center. And uh, I guess we'll see if uh, Francois Gagnon's uh, prognostication came true. And if it is 
mostly full of, of Leafs fans, but uh, we will we shall see about that. But in addition, now to the, the, the Canadians yeah. won't won't have their captain in the lineup in in uh, Shea Weber, but they may yeah. have a yeah. captain in the line in the lineup. <laughs> and there's some talk about Xavier Willette, the captain of the Laval yeah. Rocket. Uh, being substituted in for Christian Folan. And, and, you know, there was some talk about maybe Christian Folan was being showcased, and and um, I'm all for that, uh, yep. but <laughs> didn't uh, acquit himself all that well. I think perhaps more it had to do with we saw uh, on the power play, at least the second wave of the power play for the Canadians, uh, Ben Chirot on the yeah. on the power play against uh, the Ducks, and, and that didn't look quite right so uh, perhaps the thinking is that uh, Xavier Ouellette who's been very good on the Lavelle power play uh, would slip into uh, uh, that that uh, second wave uh, uh, slot we'll, we'll see how it, it turns out the coach uh, Claude Julien usually makes a an announcement in and around 445 so we should know by five o'clock uh, yeah. whether it's Jonathan Drouin in, whether it's Xavier Ouellette or, or who will be playing uh, this evening. Yeah, and it was uh, as you said, it was Ben Chirot that made the uh, ill-advised pass cross ice to Max Domi that, that resulted in an odd man rush the other way for Anaheim. So, yeah, if the thinking is that Xavier Ouellette's going to be a difference maker uh, in the power play, I don't know to what degree that would, that would that'll happen, but, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty sound logic, I would guess. Um, and as you mentioned, so he's the captain of Laval Rocket. Laval Rocket will be in Belleville um, playing the Belleville Senators. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a jam-packed night. It's a jam-packed show for us, and it'll be a jam-packed night with coverage uh, from the AHL Report team, from the All-Haves team, uh, watching both of these games. And, I mean, I guess the, uh, the question that many people have had, and I, I saw someone ask this question to Amy Johnson, is, Will Ryan Paling be there to play against the Belleville Senators, which um, I, I would imagine that might not happen, but you never know. I mean, we didn't think that Yusberry Kukkinen was going to play last week, so who's to say? But, uh, but I mean, now with both of them down in Laval, I think there's going to be a lot of attention that sort of turned towards what they do uh, with the Laval Rocket, and uh, certainly you cannot get better coverage than the AHL report for the Laval Rocket. Yeah, the Lavelle Rocket have a back-to-back uh, this weekend. Uh, tomorrow, um, they are in uh, Toronto to play the Marlies. Uh, it's part of a five-game road trip that they're they're on. Uh, I'd I'd lean towards uh, thinking that that Ryan Paling is more likely to play against the Marlies than uh, yeah. And that's a that's an afternoon game, by the way, a four o'clock start in in Toronto. Um, more likely that. Uh, um, because he's uh, this being in in Belleville, I I don't think he's getting to uh, yeah. uh, Belleville for t- uh, tonight's game um, at all. So, um, but it's it's interesting because it comes just a week after um, the Belleville Senators visited, uh, and they were the the visitors in Laval, and and Laval had a four one lead, probably six minutes or so left, and. And Belleville went on to uh, win that game 5-4 in overtime. Belleville has had Laval's number all season long, and uh, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting game tonight, um, and then uh, right through the the week. And and uh, uh, you can watch for our coverage uh, there. The AHL report 
uh, the AHL report on Twitter, AHLreport.com uh, uh, for all of the recaps uh, and Chris G's uh, rocket notepad. Uh, lots of information there. Uh, certainly a lot of great coverage coming out, allhabs.net and the AHL report. Um, so Rick, we will uh, say goodbye here for another week. Um, but before we go, remind listeners that you can follow me on Twitter at Joela19. You can follow Rick at all Habs. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, certainly tonight, lots going on. Hockey Day in Canada, as you mentioned. And the Montreal Canadiens playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. Laval Rocket playing the Belleville Senators. You're definitely going to want to follow along with the AHL report. And the All Habs team uh, at live tweeting those games. And, of course, the game recaps. Uh, game previews as well. Uh, game preview for tonight's game against the Leafs. Certainly want to check that out. Um, and yeah, so we'll say uh, goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, you can uh, you can find this podcast as well as the From the Press Box podcast, as we discussed earlier in the show, uh, on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, Rocket Sports Radio is uh, proud to have podcasts produced and hosted by credential journalists. Uh, and uh, we will certainly be back with you next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. Um, but uh, thank you for tuning in the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.